Everyone's a Page 8. I'm Casey Barrett. And I'm Sienna Grady. I'm Brandon Gurgley. And today we're focusing on mental health within sports and athletes and how this can impact their performance and physical health. Yeah, I know like athletes, especially on campus, we see them, they go to class the same the way that all other students do. Um, and I don't know, I just can't even imagine the pressure that they're under. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times students maybe have it a little bit easier because they know the athletes are in their classes like you were just saying but a lot of times like if you see them on tv and stuff you may you don't really put the you don't really think about the fact that they're students too and they have lives outside of just the sports that they're playing yeah i remember before bo Nix switched to oregon um he was booed off the field one game and i just can't even imagine like the toll that that took on his like mental health to know that his entire student body like the entire student section booed him off the field because of how like poor his performance was and I remember um his I don't know if they're married yet but his fiance um she made an Instagram post um about him saying that and how she was so proud of him and I don't know I just think that's interesting because we don't look at them as you know human beings and students the way that we are especially when they're not performing and we get upset that our team loses, you know? Yeah, Yeah. and um, having that crowded schedule with classes and high pressure and practice, we really don't know what's going on kind of when they're on their own like that. And we got to sit down and talk with Auburn University sports psychologist Jackson Howard, who deals with these kinds of issues that go on here at Auburn with these athletes. So in general, how overall does uh, mental health connect to the athlete's performance and training? Yeah, I think, I think that's a great question. Um, I think mental health, kind of defining that generally is, is more into the emotional well-being, social well-being, psychological well-being of individuals. And with our athletes wanting to make sure that all of those individuals feel like they're able to perform in a way, um, in a way that's, you know, kind of matches up with their goals and their expectations. And so I think a lot of times mental health being making sure that you know we're feeling happy and healthy and some of those different things psychologically physically all the above usually leads to athletes being more engaged and more motivated and and able to perform at the level that they want to so i think really you know the important part is kind of recognizing the mind body connection between mental health and and also with performance um, and being able to kind of put your best foot forward by taking care of a lot of different areas of your life to get the best out of yourself on the field or on the court or in, in the classroom in different situations. And kind of more specifically and focusing on poor mental health, what are the effects you see from somebody who's maybe suffering from that? Yeah, I think poor mental health can be defined in like a lot of different ways. Um, I think some of the biggest things we see with college student athletes usually revolve around everyday living skills. So if that's um, sleep or nutrition or getting the appropriate amount of rest and recovery, or maybe there's academic stressors or different things that are kind of flaring up in their lives or relationships, family, a lot of different areas. I think sometimes when those things start to become inconsistent or maybe you're not getting as much as you should, right? Sleeping less, maybe not eating as regularly, not taking enough time for recovery. You'll start to know physical consequences that come with that. And sometimes those physical consequences, you know, can lead to a decrease in performance, which can also impact kind of how you feel on a day-to-day basis. A lot of those things are also I think connected to your mood and kind of regulating some of those pieces. So I think with poor mental health, um, you know, we kind of start to notice kind of those everyday living skills, you know, start to decline and wanting to make sure that we can kind of get athletes back on track by, by being able to focus and, and take 
um, you know, those as a primary concern and then kind of working, working our way out from that, if that makes sense. Yeah. And kind of going off of when you said, um, like physical recovery, if they have like a really serious injury, I know Mm -hmm. a lot of them don't want to spend so much time away from playing time. So what are kind of specific techniques that you would give them to kind of, I guess, boost their mental health from this injury? Yeah, I think we see a lot of short-term and long-term injury. Um, you know, there's there's definitely a psychological recovery that comes with that, whether we're talking about ACL recovery or UCL recovery, like in baseball, right, for throwing arms. Um, I think there's there's kind of a long road. I think the important part, a couple important things, I feel like, that, that stick out to me. I think one, goal setting and making sure that individuals are able to recognize the recovery process as its own goal setting process. And maybe that's their season in some ways, if they're not able to participate in their season and trying to focus on creating bite-sized goals to be able to help keep motivated and stay engaged in that recovery process because rehabilitation is really tiring too. And it's hard to envision what it was like when you were on the court. Um, or on the field or or participating in your sport. Um, So that's kind of another thing that sticks out. So I'd say goal setting, being able to remind yourself of where you're trying to get back to, um, I think is another really, really important thing. And then also, you know, just trying to really focus on taking things one day at a time um, and using the support system that you have around you. Our student athletes here are able to connect with athletic trainers, physical therapy, team physicians, sports psychologists, dietitians. I mean, we have a lot of different resources so we want our athletes that are that are recovering from injury to stay connected and be connected, um, you know, throughout that process and also moving forward as needed too. And what are the major most common causes you see um, of athletes having poor mental health? Yeah, I think it goes back to that initial answer that I had before, which is kind of we start to see maybe maybe it's a pattern of some of those kind of those daily living skills. The sleep gets worse, the nutrition gets worse, kind of starts to decrease maybe those things start to play a role physically um, in terms of their ability to perform at a high level, right? And then all of a sudden that negative performance can kind of lead to a little bit of a vicious cycle of that creating maybe more difficulties in some of those areas. I think the common concerns that we see involve anxiety, depression, and stress, and all of those have physical components too, whether that's fatigue, whether it's racing heart, heart rate, uh, racing thoughts, whether it's, you know, kind of all those different types of symptoms that come with that. Um, and then I think it kind of becomes a really hard kind of almost like think of a snowball rolling down a hill, right? It's, it becomes really hard to slow down um, once you find yourself in a difficult situation or maybe, you know, some of these different areas have gone poorly and then all of a sudden it feels like nothing can actually go right. Right. It becomes really hard to kind of stop that. Honestly, a lot of the work that we do is being able to intake and to assess, you know, our athletes and figure out where they're at and, and kind of being able to nudge them in a direction that um, that might be more helpful and kind of stopping those patterns. But, you know, like I always say, I think this is important to mention, too, you know, with student athletes in versus college students right sometimes it, you have more time as a college student to be able to make changes and to be able to adjust and and take your time with different things with student athletes that timetable is much shorter right that turnaround is much shorter and, and the pressure is still there to perform and to do different things so um, i think the expectations and the changes in their lives that they have to make um, is a little bit little bit more I don't know brisk if you want to call it that uh just kind of like have to turn on a dime in some ways yeah and you talked about the resources earlier 
also and kind of going off of what you just said what is kind of the process that you take when you get um, somebody in here who is looking for help yeah that's a really good question um, well I think it comes it's actually like a few different ways um, similar to or congruent with the NCA best practices that were put out and they're actually being adjusted and adapted now we like to screen all of our student-athletes, especially our first year and our transfer student-athletes. And by screening them, we check in with them, right? We have a face-to-face -face meeting with them. We give them kind of a brief wellness survey and we're able to inform them of our resources and they're able to indicate directly, yes, I would like to be connected or no, I would not like to be connected at this time. Um, so they get all of our information up front. We're also do, we do team face-to-face -face meetings to be able to inform every one of our resources. Um, so those are some of the outreach pieces that lead to athletes usually getting connected with us. In addition, we also have athletic trainers, dietitians, team physicians, all of our support staff really that can refer athletes directly to us. And then we typically get those athletes scheduled within 24 to 48 hours. Um, when athletes come in, we pretty much kind of do a standard, what we would call an intake assessment, which is just to get to know the athlete and get to know what's going on and start to formulate and create a, a plan for moving forward of what we think might be the most effective care um, for them. Um, and so with our staff of three full-time sport, licensed sports psychologists and also our doctoral intern who finished, is finishing her PhD, um, we're able to provide for all 550, approximately 550 athletes um, in that way. And then we provide kind of unlimited care in some ways. So. Um, you know, we see athletes weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, sometimes athletes come in and then they don't want to come in and then they come back in, right? So we want to make sure that we're flexible to be able to meet their needs because everything looks very different in terms of their schedule, in terms of when they're in the season and, um, and some of those different pieces too. Yeah. And my last question is kind of, um, I know not just athletes, but everyone in general, but focusing on athletes, it might be a little kind of nerve-wracking to come in here and like sit down and talk about how they're feeling because they sure. are like have such a light on them being a collegiate athlete so how would you kind of propose that to them like it's okay to come in and sit down and like have these feelings well I think that's a that's honestly a really good question and I think if we had the perfect answer to it we would never <laughs> have any issues right we would never have to convince people that it could be helpful um, I think a couple things, one from like an outreach and health promotion standpoint, we want to continue to break down the stigma related to mental health treatment and also related to coming in and meeting with a sports psychologist in general, which, you know, we treat kind of the full, the full spectrum from performance all the way to mental health. But um, finding ways to break down the stigma, which involves get out in front of our teams, it involves being able to have great relationships with our support staff who also can encourage athletes that have different relationships outside of us, right? Like getting a referral from an athletic trainer or a dietitian. Um, and then I think lastly, it's just being able to, to kind of talk to the athlete and, and, you know, kind of connect in that way to normalize those feelings and normalize that we have a lot of emotional experiences, psychological experiences, ones that are happening currently and some that have happened in the past that impact the way that we kind of see the world, right? Um, and using it as a space that's only going to help assist that athlete in, in moving forward. Sometimes I've actually even noticed like in my work that it's really helpful to use, you know, different role models that have been really popular in professional sport um, because a lot of our athletes have aspirations to continue their careers after college and um, being able to use role models that have spoken out or professional leagues that, that have sports psychologists on staff and they exclusively work with those teams and 
um, just kind of being able to normalize that. And I think things have changed significantly in the last 10 to 20 years um, to where, you know, this is a very normal part of your, of your support staff and normal part of your college experience here at Auburn. Um, and we want, we want to be able to meet your needs as, as best as possible. And that's going to wrap it up for today. Thanks so much for being here and listening with us today. Make sure to check out our Instagram and our Twitter for more Auburn news updates, and we will see you next week.